The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca along with the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports, Mark Henry, and of course, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer. And guys, it is WrestleMania season. You know, we're almost at the end of the road as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania. So here we are. It's WrestleMania weekend. And usually at this time, we talk about wrestling's greatest matches, you know, WrestleMania moments, you know, it's all high and it's all positive, but what are we going to do today on the Busted Open Podcast? We're going to bring it down and we're going to talk about lost WrestleMania matches. And, you know, as a fan, I'm going to talk about mine and I know Tommy, you have one and Mark, you have one. So I think it's a good title lost WrestleMania matches. What do you think, Mark? Man, listen, all week, the fans get the power of positivity, just like our favorite, favorite team of all time, the New Day. Well, today, not so much. Today is kicking the Cajones Day. And I man, I, I don't know who's gonna start it off, but like I'm telling you, man, I got a couple of like horrible moments at WrestleMania. Yeah, and, I, and if you for it. our listeners, Dave, when we were talking about WrestleMania moments, Mark has had so many he didn't remember his first WrestleMania. That's right. That's how over this guy is. Yeah, see, he had to take out a book when we asked him <laughs> about WrestleMania moments. He actually threw a book down on the table and started thumbing through the pages. But War and Peace. I remember working with Shannon Sharp, and Shannon Sharp is somebody who in, is in the Pro F- Professional Football Hall of Fame. He's somebody who's won multiple Super Bowls, has had amazing moments, but he says there are certain games that keep him up at night, that he just has run through his mind over and over again. And I guess the great ones do that, you know, Mark and Tommy, where like it's those missed opportunities that kind of haunt you, even if you've had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, most Absolutely. definitely. I mean, I, I can sit here right now and think about um, powerlifting disappointments, Olympic weightlifting disappointments, strongman disappointments, wrestling disappointments. And I could think of those very clearly. Uh, the successes, not so much. 
Okay. All right. And, you know, why don't we get into it? Because, Mark, you have been somebody that's had some great WrestleMania matches. Obviously, WrestleMania 22 going up against The Undertaker. I mean, to be able to say that you went up against The Undertaker at WrestleMania is a big deal. And then we'll get into with Tommy as well, who's had some, you had some, um, one of the most amazing, most memorable moments in the history of pro wrestling. But, there are those lost wrestling matches. So, Tommy, let's start with you. When you think about WrestleMania and you think about the possibilities of matchups, what's your lost WrestleMania match? Well, for me, you know, I was at the first ever WrestleMania, man, and I wanted to so much make it to WrestleMania. When you become a WWE superstar, this is me leaving ECW and trying to f- carve my path or find my niche. And... Here it comes where we're around WrestleMania season. I'm also working behind the scenes and helping with creative. And they pitch Randy Orton's first WrestleMania. And it was going to be against me. And they were going to do this love interest with Tori Wilson and I. Uh, Test was dating Stacey Keebler and they were friends and I was friends with Test. And they were going to do this whole thing where like, you know, we're friends, but like she starts liking me. I guess she liked fat guys. You know, that's kind of like her appeal because she's a fitness girl. And like we were never going to like say any of this, like because we're both just, hey, friends, because we all hang out together. And Randy Orton was going to show interest in her. And then I was going to step in for her. And then all of a sudden it got involved with Scott Steiner. So then the match turned into a three-way between Scott Steiner, Randy Orton, and myself to be Randy's first ever WrestleMania. And it was basically very WCW-esque for the love of Tori Wilson. The winner gets to date Tori Wilson. So I'm all like excited because, again, this is going to be my first ever WrestleMania (laughs) <laughs> Plus, I also got Tori Wilson on my arm. And, I, you know, hey, I've had some amazingly beautiful women on my arm as Tommy Dreamer, the character from uh, Luna Vachon, woman, uh, Beulah McGillicuddy, Francine. And now I'm going to have Tori Wilson. I mean, that's going to be awesome for me. And it's, again, a WrestleMania moment. And we actually shot something where we were watching, it was in Montreal and they did a a show of all the wrestlers watching the monitor. And I was just sitting next to Tori and it was like Tess, Stacy, me and Tori just watching the show. It did air on television. I want to say it was the go home or it had something to do with triple H and Shawn Michaels wrestling. And we were watching the show and I'm like, wow, this is really happening, really happening. And then it really happened. Um, Randy Orton on a house show breaks his ankle uh, on a 3D. Uh, and Bully could tell you it was one of his worst nightmares because in the same match, Randy and Batista both get hurt in this match. So there goes their WrestleMania moments. Wow. And so now they're struggling for all this, like, what are we going to do? And they're like, okay, well, we could go with dreamer instead of Randy Orton, do it with Scott Steiner. 
And then there was an issue between Scott Steiner and Tori Wilson from WCW that John Laurinaitis had to bring up and talk about where I think Scott didn't work well with women uh, and something that happened with WCW. I don't know. And so then I'm like, okay, I can't wrestle Randy Orton. (laughs) I can't wrestle Scott Steiner. They were going to continue the storyline. And then it went to, that was Billy Kidman at the time's real wife. And then the whole storyline just got itchnade. And I went from a WrestleMania moment to I ate catering at WrestleMania that year. And uh, there was, there was my gone moment. And I think they went with the great booking of test with Scott Steiner and the jingle balls or something like that. The little testicles that they had, that was that great booking. But to turn a positive into a negative, I had another moment where the WrestleMania Battle Royal, I was supposed to eliminate The Miz. And The Miz legit eliminated himself. He fell out of the ring. This was at WrestleMania Orlando, where Ric Flair uh, wrestled. Go back and watch it. And The Miz legit eliminated himself in the Battle Royal. So there goes my elimination. When you're fighting in the WWE, you want any little piece of something. So to turn a negative into the positive, we all had to eliminate the great Kali. And it was like the final, I guess like five or four. I hung on to the last second and I, with all my strength, because I saw that camera, I latched on to the great Kali, like the barnacle that attached itself to a whale. (laughs) And then I eliminated the great Kali and they're screaming, Draper, you got to go. You got to go. And I was like, there's my elimination. And now I'm gone. So I eliminated Hall of Famer Greg Kali when I wasn't supposed to because The Miz messed my elimination up. And then I got eliminated, but hey, it was a little victory for me. All right, so I got a couple uh, questions coming out of <laughs> it. It ended because, well. It, it ended well. And, and again, a couple years that's, later, that's the I had to go war- work in the office too, by the way, between those times. But, you know, one thing that we've talked about uh, before, and that is about injuries and how it can really <clears> – <throat> you know, change the course of history when it comes to pro wrestling. WrestleMania is obviously the biggest show, you know, the entire year for the WWE. Well, when you get close to WrestleMania and here you are, things are changing because of injuries. Like, do you like, there's still live events. There's still TV leading up to WrestleMania. I mean, do you change the way that you wrestle as you get closer to WrestleMania? Do you not have as many bookings as you get closer to WrestleMania? I mean, how do do you change anything at all knowing that you're just weeks away from the biggest show of the year? You can't. Uh in the why they say it's sports entertainment, Dave, it's a lot because you know, it, that's like saying you already know your team has clinched to get into the playoffs. Does that mean you're not going to play hard? You can lose your spot. You can lose your job. Look at not that storyline-wise this year, the main event of WrestleMania, it was supposed to be Edge versus Roman Reigns, and they threw Daniel Bryan in, maybe because they thought the storyline was more intriguing. Maybe they thought because ratings went down for a little bit during one segment with Edge is in. You have no clue the the behind-the-scenes where someone may not believe in you. I'm not trying to be negative because it turned out to be very, very positive, the main event of ECW, One Night Stand 2006, was supposed to be Terry Funk and Tommy Dream versus Edge and Mick Foley. Terry Funk tripped on his debut, and literally Vince said, 
He doesn't have it anymore. He's an old man. And they threw in Beulah and Lita just because a guy tripped. He stumbled. So you can't ever take your foot off the gas because you're constantly being, I don't want to say judge, but you have to perform at that level all the time. And I I know Mark knows that. You're right. I mean, it's not one uh, difference of opinion here. Like, you cannot take your foot off the gas. The number one reason is not about getting your spot taken. When, you, when you're not going 100%, you get hurt. You can get hurt or you can hurt somebody. Complacency is there's no place for uh, an idle mind or complacency in the ring when you pick somebody up for a simple body slam and their head is head is straight at the ground. If you slip or you bump, jumble or and they hit their head, they they could die. You can't take the gas off. There, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever recall a point in my career. Now there was a point in my career where I was going to put somebody in a hold rather than. Uh, giving them a a standing suplex off the top or, you know, or me climbing up and trying to splash them from the top. Yeah. I might take out the, uh, me being overly aggressive, but work rate and how I pick somebody up and how I, uh, attack the moment. There was never a slowdown moment. It was always go full speed ahead. Now, and Dave, okay. hang on, Dave. Uh, just for what Mark said, is it me and him have never discussed this. My trainer, WWE Hall of Famer Johnny Rods, talked about because one time I gave a guy a slam and I didn't protect his head, and he got in my face and he's cussing me, and it's because he was wrestling Tony Gurria and they were slippery and he went straight on a body slam. He's a simple body slam. This is also in the seventies, and he lawn darted and he he said i had no feeling in my entire body and he was like i'm sitting there thinking i'm a quadriplegic and then all of a sudden it came like i started getting feelings he goes but for like 15 seconds in q gardens queens i became a quadriplegic and it was because somebody though he took care of me he just slipped because we were so sweaty and that stood by me forever i was like hey you got to protect your opponent and these are two guys who probably had wrestled a hundred times already. Wow. And that happened to him like that. So no, like, and I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe Mark used that as an example because I remember getting screamed at as an 18 year old kid by my trainer. And I'm, I don't understand the wrestling business, but he's like, you have, you have another man's life in your hand. You have yep. to make sure you're doing this a hundred percent all the time. And that's, exactly what mark just described all right so let me ask another question then and i completely understand where you're coming from because yes you do have somebody's health in your hands so you never want to give less than a hundred percent but mark and and i want i'm going to ask you obviously about your lost wrestlemania match but you you've had injuries so you got you you got a match with the undertaker at wrestlemania so those weeks leading up to that match was there ever like fear or doubt in your head where it's like, man, you know what? I've got this opportunity. I've had opportunities lost before. Like what was going in your mind before that match with the undertaker? Being the best I could be, because I figured that if I did really good with him, 
that I would get the ride from then on. I would be able to get, you know, start wrestling the top guys mm-hmm. consistently, not every now and then. And and that's exactly what happened. But Dave, Tommy, you know how sometimes you you're in a situation and you start having nightmares about it. I knew at some point, it, it didn't happen until uh, Vengeance. Um, or, or, or um, yeah, it was Vengeance when I worked Undertaker the year before. And he had never called where he runs and jumps over the top rope and you catch him or he hits you on the floor. Never called it. I don't know if it was a trust issue or, um, you know, I, I don't know what, what the deal was, but I had nightmares. And you know I'm scary anyway about <laughs> yep. I I can see a commercial about Chucky and I'd have a nightmare. Um, but I had nightmares of missing him. And I would wake up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat and just be like, oh, God. And I went to the ring. <laughs> I went to the ring and said, Billy, can you can you jump over the top rope? Billy was like, yes, in my sleep. What are you talking about? You know, Billy. And I said, I want, I want, I want to try to catch you a, uh, a couple of times. He was like, man, if, if I do this, you better, you better effing catch me. <laughs> I was like, I got you. I just, I just want to get the feel of it. And man, we, we did it like five or six times. And he was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. This is like jumping in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes. And I think that Taker saw that. I think he saw it because it was after that, in the middle of the match, he just called that shit. Wow. And there was no more nightmares. So the next year leading into WrestleMania, like that match, I had a hundred percent comfortability in anything that went down, anything that could go down, I was ready for. So, like, that's why Tommy was saying, like, you have to go a hundred percent all the time. I might not have never got that. I wouldn't might not have never got that opportunity if I hadn't had anxiety about it that forced me to go to the ring which allowed people to see it and go, no, no, I saw him catch Billy easily, like four or five times. So, like, you got to prepare. And Dave, uh, I know you remember where the cameraman was supposed to take uh, catch The Undertaker on one of those WrestleManias. 25. That was uh, Deuce of Deuce and Domino's uh, Snooka. And I, this was never confirmed, but that year when he missed – the undertaker he was let go a couple months after that and i just think that they didn't i don't want to say like taker but i think the higher ups because taker's like man it's fine it's fine but i think the higher ups didn't trust him after that and you do you do you lose your job 
Wow. And I don't think he ever really worked again, did he? No, he didn't. And if we go the other full circle, the second ever my my appearance in WWE, we did the invasion in Atlanta, then the next week in Alabama, and Taker did this big dive on top of the entire pile, and it was the WCW guys, the ECW guys. And in ECW, we always pride ourselves in catching guys. And they're all like, you know, there's these big, big guys there, uh, you know, I mean, really big jacked up dudes who came from WCW and I had watched WCW and I was like, no problem. And they're all, and I knew Taker, but I didn't have a relationship with them. And I seriously went to him right before I go, I'm hanging out in the back and no matter what happens, I'll be there to catch you, man. And he's like, all right, I'm bringing it. I said, cool. I'll be there. We go out, we end the show. Taker does this big dive on SmackDown either overshoots the whole pile or nobody catches them. I literally am the last guy there. And I caught the undertaker and right then and there, we had established a friendship just on that one move. Cause I, wow. I knew something would happen because I had watched some of those guys body of work in WCW. And I knew that I, Hey, I will, if somebody's diving on me, just like I like to dive on guys, they better be there. And I knew I would be there. And he was like, thank you, brother. I was like, it's no problem. Wow. Man. But that's how it goes. We're so negative. <laughs> no, this is great. So negative no, the, these stories are amazing. I hope the audience is enjoying it as no, much. No, Mark, as I because am. I ha- think of all the mo- the moments you had. Think of all the moments. Yeah. Uh, I had my WrestleMania moment, and it's not like you have, dude. It's all about the struggle. It's the struggle to have those moments. Think of, uh, dude, Kofi Kingston. Uh, I-, I literally was in a bar with wrestling fans, black, white. Everyone was crying because of that um, amazing moment or when Daniel Bryan moment won it. I'll never forget that uh, MVP wasn't working there. And it was him, Shad, uh, Shelton. And when Kofi won, he literally just showed like they're crying. That's something that I can't understand, but I know you can understand it, but I yeah. was in a bar for it live wa- doing a watch along. And I was like, this is amazing. Nobody cared about racism. Nobody cared about everything. Everyone was so united. Like, and that's the world that I always choose to live in. That's, that's the thing about the pro struggle. wrestling. That's the thing about pro wrestling. I love the most guys. Yeah. It is, is the a fact community. that you, you, there's no color. There's no country. There's the only thing there is, is we're all wrestling people. Yep. That we live in such a great wrestling world, man. Like I, I, I almost hate now to go negative day, but like um, the undertaker thing was, was kind of positive. You yeah, know, of it was positive, but you know, my, I had WrestleMania moments that weren't popular. That weren't, that, that didn't happen. Well, that's what I, I want to ask you. I mean, I don't want to punch you in the stomach here, Mark, but what was that lost WrestleMania? Step on his toe. Don't, ste- don't punch him in the stomach. <laughs> step please on his don't foot. step on the toe. <laughs> what was, Kick what me was, in the balls. <laughs> I'm not kicking you in the balls either. I'm just going to say, what was your lost WrestleMania match? Well, uh, I, I'm 2004, 2005, I was tied at the hip with Chris Benoit. I worked him for about a year and a half. And... It had got to the point he was WWE champion, and um, I had beat and become the number one contender. And we were headed to Mania. We we did everything in the go-home show. 
where you're supposed to point at the sign. I dislocated my shoulder. And Chris came to me and I couldn't pick my arm up. My arm was hanging. And people have to go and find what match that was. But I headbutted him. And I went, and you, everybody's seen that movie, um, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, the Lethal cops, Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. And, and there was a scene where his, he had a raggedy bum shoulder, and he ran the shoulder in the, in the wall and popped it back in place. Well, I do that in the match on TV live. I, I run into the turnbuckle and pop my shoulder back in. Ugh. And it was the most excruciating pain that I felt in wrestling. I've had bones break. I've had muscles tear. That shit hurt like hell. It felt like somebody stabbed me with an ice pick and started to jackknife it. Now, in all my wisdom, I tell the ref, we got to go home. And there we are. And I, I tell Chris, I said, just, just, you know, just beat me. And you would think that with a hurt shoulder, <laughs> I would throw the good arm, which is the left arm, was the good arm, and have him, you know, cross face me and, you know, do his thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. Ugh. I threw the right arm. And he pulled that son of a bitch right back out of the socket. Wow. And I'm on the ground, blood curdling, screaming. And people always talk, oh, wrestling, it's not real. It's predetermined. That was the realest finish of my career. Because my shoulder was dangling out of the socket with a man pulling on it. And... I didn't get to go to WrestleMania. Teddy Long was with me at the time, and we were in the hallway, and I just couldn't do nothing but sit there and cry. You know, like I'm, I'm sitting here now, going back to that moment, and I just got all depressed again. But I'm sitting there, and I'm going, I'm never going to get to wrestle at WrestleMania. As a solo, I'm thinking as a solo wrestler. That was that was the. I mean, I just went into this deep depression. And some people do drugs. Some people drink alcohol or smoke wacky tobacco or whatever they do. Man, I just ate. I ate myself up to 440 pounds. And at some point, the WWE said, hey, man, you, you need to get yourself together. And... I uh, had the shoulder surgery and I called them and said, I'm done that I'm, 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 I'm quitting. And I got a phone call from Chris Benoit. And I was like, hello. I, I didn't recognize the number. I said, hello. Who's this? He's like, Mark, is this Mark? And I was like, yeah, who's this? And he's like, you motherfucker. This is Chris Benoit. <laughs> He said, they just told me you quit. And I was like, 
Yeah, man, my shoulder's fucked up. I'm going to have to have surgery on it. He said, I don't give a fuck. He said, I'll come to your house every day if you don't get yourself back together and get here so we can have this match. And Chris Benoit is responsible for me coming back. Wow. Like, um, I had quit. I was going to go back and play football. I had made my mind up. As soon as I had surgery on my shoulder, I was going to go back and try to play football. And... Chris was responsible for that. Yeah. And Dave, so, I, I don't think you understand too, like what he said about the depression and like when you're not being used or you feel like you don't have work. I seriously went into WWE at the best shape of my life. I was 235 and in three years and, you know, they didn't do a whole lot with me. I went, I left WWE and went into the office at 275. Wow. I gained 40 pounds and that was like, and instead of like focusing where you heard like the Jinder Mahals or the Drew McIntyres, you feel bad for yourself. And Hey, it's, it's a lot easier to get down that rabbit hole of like, and there's amazing food always in WWE as opposed yeah, to doing something about it. Especially and then also like Mark, what do you think that financially cost you? to lose that a world title shot at WrestleMania. Oh man. I went from I went from and I I could tell you in 2004 I think I made close to a million dollars. And um I was asked to take a 50% pay cut in 2005 after that. I remember all I, this. Sent, I was working in I the office. Sent to, I got sent to Louisville to lose the weight. Yep. And I spent nine months in Louisville. I lost 75 pounds. And I came back. And then um, I guess, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know what, I need to prove it or pee or get off the pot is what my grandmother used to say. And I, I had to go get it in, man. And I, I just changed my whole mentality. What do you think, like, just for that one match, that one WrestleMania payday, $250,000, three hundred thousand dollars, two hundred, two hundred fifty grand, three hundred grand, something yep. like that for you know main main event WrestleMania match for me at that point in the card. Um, I wasn't, you know, Randy uh, Batista at that point. You know, I was kind of middle of the road, had worked my way to the top. Yep, and, and think about that, Dave. I know guys that don't make that. What I would have made at, at that WrestleMania was more than some dudes was making in a contract. Because you get paid more. Like, I, I don't, I know what I made for my WrestleMania one match in an eight man. It was the largest amount of money I ever saw wow. next to being in a video game check. But, you know, these are massive amounts of dollars because it's, you're considered a draw for that show. Yeah, and being in that title hunt, that that's a lot. And 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 my WrestleMania twenty two check was the biggest check I ever got. One check, you know, for a match. And I'm not gonna say what it was, but like, I mean, it was, it was a salary. And, um, man, like, to think that I missed two of those. And I had I had another WrestleMania miss, but it wasn't due to injury. It was just 
the the company went with with the factions and I ended up not in a match. Like when I was in the nation, uh, me and D'Lo, we ended up getting beat by the outlaws and we didn't go to WrestleMania in the tag match. And we had, we were, the outlaws had the title and then lost it. And why they did what they did, uh, you know what? <laughs> you talk about negative, negative. Every wrestler has that one thing that they were built, they were doing. It was they were on track to, to get it, and then the company said, "Nah, we're gonna go this direction." <laughs> and that was I had one of those too. And they just said, "You know what? We just not we're gonna go in another direction." So you sitting there and catering like this, twiddling your thumbs. You know, watching the rest of the guys make money and you're sitting there like, shit, this, I can't do this next year. I got to be in a main event match at WrestleMania. Wow. Now, Dave, speaking of going in different directions, what was your (laughs) WrestleMania disappointment? I mean, after hearing those stories, uh, for me, sitting at home on my couch watching WrestleMania does not compare. Yes, it to, does. Uh, yes, it does. As as a fan, I guarantee you, there are there are people right now. If they could call in right now and say, "Oh my God, I was so disappointed when this happened." Yeah, they will be just as emotional or they, as me and Tommy. We could do a literally a one week episode of Busted Open of this exact topic. And I think we would have callers for the entire week. Yeah. And I, oh, and, yeah. I, and it's oh, yeah. bit, probably based on, you could probably do one leading into every WrestleMania where there was one story or one storyline or one feud that you thought was gonna, gonna happen. I mean, we saw it recently at WrestleMania in, in Orlando with Jericho and Kevin Owens, you know, weeks before WrestleMania, you know, Kevin Owens had that title and everybody thought it was going to be Jericho, Kevin Owens for the title, you know, in one of the main event matches. And then Kevin Owens loses that title, the Goldberg, just a oh, couple of weeks before WrestleMania. The, the Festival it, of Friendship. The Festival yeah. of Friendship. That was the best Oh, my story. God. That was the best shit in the world. That was the best story in the WWE, Mark, at that time. I mean, think oh about God. it even now for WrestleMania 37. You know, less than a month ago, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin have the tag team championships and then they lose it. And now they're, they're not even going to be anywhere near WrestleMania, you know, this weekend. So like, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. But for me growing up a huge Ric Flair fan and being a Ric Flair fan in New Jersey, you know, during the, you know, during the territory times, you know, is always the argument of Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, you know, who's the better champion and, you know, being in New Jersey being on the East Coast, everybody was a WWF fan, so everybody said Hogan. So I'd, I would have actual arguments and fights with people over <laughs> Ric Flair. And, you know, it was always on the magazines. If Ric Flair and Hogan ever wrestled, who would win? Well, that opportunity could have and should have happened at WrestleMania 8, and, you know, the WWE decided to go in a completely different direction. It was Flair and Savage and Hogan, Hogan and Sid Vicious, and we were never able to see. We saw it later on, but at, on the they, largest, they weren't in their prime. No, and it wasn't on the largest stage like WrestleMania. Mark, you know, we never were able to see Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan at a WrestleMania, 
and everybody thought that it was going to happen. When 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 Flair won the Royal Rumble, everybody thought we were going to get Flair Hogan at WrestleMania, and it just never happened. And by the and, way, Dave, I, I'm going to hang on, Mark. I'm going to I'm going to just fire Dave up right now. We got to have this. Uh-oh. Our no, first no. ever doing this together. It wasn't oh, Sid Vicious. It was Sid Justice. They remember they changed his name. Oh, that's yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> thank you. That's right. Because they had a WWF it, and they had to Sid Justice. Thank you, Tommy, for bringing that up. You know, formerly Lord Jumongus, oh. but uh, but yeah. I mean, we never were able to see that on the grandest stage of them all, and that's unfortunate. And but honestly, Tommy and Mark, thank you for sharing. I know. I know it's not a pleasant road to go down, and it's not the usual road you go down at WrestleMania, but I'm glad that you were able to share your lost WrestleMania matches. Thank you to Tommy. Thank you to Mark. We'll be back for the Busted Open Podcast. Lost WrestleMania matches. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That was awesome. Awesome, brother. All right. Talk to you guys again. Listen in. Definitely rate, like, subscribe, everything to the Busted Open Podcast. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.